I'm Elia Haber for the Beirut Banyan. It's Monday afternoon and I'm in Riyadh Salah. Small altercation just happened between protesters and the armed forces on the ground. One of the female protesters was in a bad shape. She was very shaken by what just happened. I meet two women who come to be next to her. They don't know her, they just want to be supportive. Here's their story. Ah, my name is Chantal Wael, I'm 34 and I'm a researcher, projects coordinator. Chantal, uh, it's been a tumultuous morning. What are your thoughts on what already happened this morning? Um, okay, I think we're in the line of this revolution. Um, since it began in October 17, and things are escalating, I mean, in a positive way. We had this revolution, Intifada, we can call it also. We had the Bar Association elections, we had the resignation of the government. Also this morning, for the second time, the, the session was adjourned and I think, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing that is happening now in Lebanon. Some portion and some people are represented by the parliament today. And in their eyes, they consider their, their uh, representatives coming here to do their duties. Why do you think that these duties should be stopped this morning? Because it's not only about priorities, but it's also about respecting constitution. By respecting constitution, we mean that we're not in a regular session. So uh, they cannot vote, they cannot discuss these issues because now we are in, in the middle of a crisis, so like an, an economic crisis, and they cannot just come and say we're gonna vote on laws that are not connected to this reality or this situation. As the priority, we have the budget. What have you learned, either during this day or this past month, as a person on the ground? As a person on the ground, I have noticed a big shift, because since 2012, protests were not this peaceful. So I'm amazed to see that, no, no, we are peaceful, okay. Uh, I think this should somehow change a little bit. I'm not saying that we should be violent, but we cannot stay this peaceful. I think something should happen. I'm not, uh, I'm not pro-violent, I'm not a violent person, but I think we should have a strategy at least. So are we going to stay on the streets all the time? I think people are not as encouraged as uh, as before to come on the streets so what would you propose as an alternative for people who let's say as you mentioned are already maybe tired or for people who uh, never went down to the street but are still interested in what's going on what would you propose as a strategy i think we should continue what we started one two weeks before going to each administration i think this should uh, resume we shouldn't stop here in the past four weeks, have you seen something on the ground that surprised you and you were like, is this really Lebanon? <laughs> I think all the situation, uh, people talking about priorities, political um, strategy, I mean strategies, uh, uh, plans, programs, especially the discourse about the confessionalism, sectarianism, uh, saying I do not care if the whole parliament or the whole cabinet are Muslims or Christians as long as my needs and my uh, rights are being respected. So I think this is a big step forward. For those who are still hesitant about all what's going on, 
What would you tell them, especially that I think after this while we're all having those conversations either with family members, with friends who are interested or are not interested and are very hesitant about what's going on. How would you approach those conversations nowadays? The current discourse, I think, should encourage these people. Uh, we're not sharing the same old discourse. Um, I know we have some personal issues, we have some personal statements. It's all about this personal experience. But I think we can do much more collectively. And collectively, we, we, we did something with the recycling issues. I think this, this shows another image of the Lebanese people. And this should encourage these hesitant people, in my opinion. How would you describe your media consumption? How do you get your news nowadays? Facebook, TVs, etc. All the means, Twitter, Instagram, uh, we're overloaded, we're overwhelmed, uh, and it's so difficult to know the source the, and what news are fake news, what are the reliable sources, etc. Yeah, well, so we are bombarded by this uh, information. It's not easy. You can get easily confused, but should take a stay uh, focused and. Uh, I don't know. So what's, your, what's your strategy to stay focused? How do you usually verify your news if you do that? Or what are the steps that you take before sharing news that you get? Yes, a lot of research, a bit of reason. I do not share a lot of information because I'm not able to see if they're not fake, they are fake or not. So, yeah, not sharing most of the time. And most of the time, I oblige myself to stay away of these sources. Yeah. What would you like to see next on the ground? Tomorrow is a new day. What would you like to see tomorrow? More organization. More professional organization, political organization. Now my last question. In a couple of years, if you're looking back at this moment in our history, what do you think people will remember or what would you want them to remember? I think we should remember all the collective initiatives we did and the new discourse anti-sectarian discourse yeah this is what we should remember if you don't mind giving me your name age and profession yeah my name is Nail Ra'i I'm 32 years old and I am a university instructor and a researcher what do you instruct? I instruct communication and gender and public speaking at Lebanese American University so it's been a rough day, rough week, rough month, whatever you want to call it. What are your thoughts on especially what happened this morning? Well, I think it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a wake-up act that's been long overdue. I think the Lebanese people are suddenly, not suddenly, I think they've been, they've been waking up gradually from a, a very long hibernation. We now realize that we actually... You know, we have rights towards this <laughs> this political, like the ruling political group. I think people are not taking it anymore. About this morning, is there a specific reason why you thought you should be here blocking or protesting against the parliamentary well, of session? Of course, of course, yeah, there are plenty of reasons. For starters, the government resigned over two weeks ago. Constitutionally, Constitutionally, what should happen next is the President of the Republic should assign, should appoint a new Prime Minister. So another, a new, like a new cabinet can be formed. 
And it's true that the constitution does not specify any timeline for that. But given the situation of the country and given the economic meltdown that we've been witnessing for the past months now, actions should have taken place faster than that. And also the parliament is convening now uh, without uh, having any name appointed for the new prime minister. So they are not technically deliberating about, you know, they're not having parliamentary deliberations for the new government. They are convening to legislate a disastrous amnesty law that grants them amnesty for all the fiscal dodging, the environmental crimes, economic crimes, everything. The number of disastrous clauses within that law is unconceivable. The entire session is unconstitutional and it's against the people's will and it doesn't contain anything of what the people have been talking about for the past month. So it was mandatory for us to stop it. Um, about stopping it, I was here last night attending a session. It ended around maybe 10 p.m. discussing what can be done today. And I remember someone in the crowd was saying that they would protect the women and they would be there to protect them. And many called, many called him out on saying that we're past that, they can protect themselves, they even protect us. How would you respond to such discourse that is still going on nowadays? I think there isn't. What's been happening in the streets is the response. We don't need to respond to that anymore. Like having women out there in the, on the front lines, like fearlessly facing anything, being everywhere, is just a statement in and of itself. Women, just like men in this country, bear the brunt of unfair economic policies. They bear the brunt of oppression, even more so than men. And that's just the street is just their natural place to be. It isn't. It isn't uncommon. And it isn't rare. We have been in the streets for the past. I mean, I'm 32, I have been taking to the streets for 10 years now, and I have, all I see is women out there. So it's not, it isn't, it isn't anything new, and, it's, and I don't think we should exoticize this scene in any way. You know, we're just exercising our rights as citizens. Sometimes we happen to be in the front line, and a lot of times we get beaten too, and I think the narrative should be military institutions like the police should not touch anyone not only the women. They should not touch anyone. I don't think we stand in the front lines because we know that they're not going to touch us, because they have before. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that you learned in this month that you didn't know about yourself, your countrymen, or maybe your country? We used to say 10 years ago and five years ago and four years ago that, you know, something's going to happen and the people are, are going to stop taking shit <laughs> from this, you know, from this, like the entire political system. And the time has come. Uh, I didn't think it was going to happen in my days, actually. And I, the surprise and the revelation was that it's happening and that the people are stronger than, you know, stronger and more aware and more more politically conscious than we've than I've expected and I think the minute that these that, that these people have decided to just stop taking shit they took to the streets and they they didn't go back home and they've so far they've uh, managed to stop two parliamentary sessions they've managed to topple the government and they've managed actually the lawyers of this country have managed to uh, vote in a new president of the syndicate, a candidate that's completely independent, that's the candidate of the revolution, basically. I think we've done a lot in a month for where we were a month ago. So, um, Since you were talking about consciousness, our collective consciousness is at least partly shaped by the media. How do you think the media is performing in this crisis? Yeah, they're not performing well. 
actually. We have all the reasons to believe that the media is owned and is controlled by the ruling class in this country. And so we have trust issues as people with the, the political elites, with the media, with the military, with, with all the institutions that are ruling the country, media being one, like a very major one of them. I try to be my own media and I call for my friends to be their own media too because we don't, we don't see, most of what's happening we don't see on, on, on TVs and what we see on TVs is really, you know, at best inaccurate and incomplete and reductive. Everybody knows that the media looks for sensationalism, they look for conflict, they look for the problem and they basically shed light on it when a lot of things are happening that deserve to be highlighted that are not highlighted because of this policy. I'm distrustful basically of them, so I don't think they're performing well. I think um, a lot of the individual reporters are amazing and are great and are, and are friends and are allies, but I think a lot of what's put out on TV is is a result of, of macro policies that have to do with the political economy of the industry. So, In a couple of years, yeah. if people are looking back at this moment, what do you think they're going to remember or what would you want them to remember? What I would want them to remember is that there came a time in the contemporary history of Lebanon where people from all the regions of the country, not solely from Beirut, have taken to the streets chanting against the political, the warlords that have been ruling their communities and have not been intimidated. Nothing intimidated them, nothing stopped them, and nothing silenced them. And they, what I want them to remember really is that it's this determination that really got them what they wanted. So, Elia Haber, signing off from Martyr Square for the Beirut Banyan.